Welcome back to another Lawn Care Millionaire video. I am sitting down with Naylor once again. We are recording several things today to, to put out uh, over the course of time here. So what we are gonna be talking about today is his journey, starting his business, all of the motivations that went into that, and, and the, the biggest hurdles that he has overcome and kind of the different attitudes and strategies he's had to employ to get to where he is today. So Naylor, thanks so much for taking time out of a busy summer to, to talk to us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity for sure. So a lot of entrepreneurs, like, it was either something they never thought about doing. They, you know, grew up always, you know, working uh, a job and then one day, they just realized like this was something they had to do. And other people like knew from the time they were five, they were like se selling stuff to their neighbors and like just right. knew that this was going to be what they did. So right. did you fall in one of those camps or somewhere in the middle? What's kind of your story there? I, I would say as far as that goes, there's somewhere in the middle. Like I don't remember like, you know, being like that when I was five or 10 or 15 or anything like that. But I, I do... I do know that I've always been very resourceful, which, which has, uh, has helped me right to this very day. Like I've always been good at making connections with people, building rapport with people, having, you know, uh, friend friendships and just, just networking overall. And then utilizing all of that, you know what I mean? It all, it always has come back to help me in some way. So, I mean, I've always been able to, to just see an opportunity and, and seize the moment. Like, for example, just one, you know, quick example, or, um, when I was, when I got my license or was about to, when I was approaching the age, right, to get your permit and your license, you know, you're already, kids are always thinking or whatever. And I'm like, man, not only do I want my license, but what am I going to drive? Like, I don't want to drive my mom's car. Like all my, you know, not all, but some of my friends and you know, some of the cool kids, you know, have their own cars somehow or another. They got a car or whatever, whether their mom got it for them, mom or dad, or somehow they were able to get themselves. But I'm like, man, you know, I want to have a vehicle of some sort, you know, that would be, that would be sweet, you know? And I saw an opportunity and, 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 and I, I, you know, grabbed it by the reins and it was basically a, a friend of, a friend of you know my my mom's that I just overheard them talking about you know how they they were going to get another vehicle and they had uh, a vehicle that like their original vehicle that had, had been old and they just it was still good but they didn't know what to do with it and whatever so I kind of heard the whole conversation I was just thinking about like man I wonder if they would sell it to me at like a really good price or whatever and and that's just probably not something that most like 15 going on 16 year old kids would think of you know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure others have and do, did and, and will, but that's just part of how my thinking was then. And, and that's what happened. I ended up saving up a couple thousand bucks or whatever it was, working like full time or whatever, or, you know, over the summer or whatever it was, you know, I had a bunch of different part-time jobs like any other high school kid, uh, like not at the same time. I mean, like just different jobs, you know, one after another. Um, and, and, and I saved up enough money and, and I, and I, I, bought that used vehicle from them. So that was my first vehicle. So I got my license and I got my vehicle. Like I had it all planned out, you know, I just yeah. figured it out. It's like, it's kind of, it's just like, like whenever I could see something that I really wanted or, you know, like I, I, I was able to kind of find a way to, to get it. So I kind of always had that um, resourcefulness and, and just, um, you know, being creative in that way. And that, that always, that carried over 
over the years into my adult years in various other ways and examples. But there was a point, you know, I've been in retail management my whole life. Like that was, that's, was my career. That was my job. Like I just started it in college and I worked my way up quickly into the management, you know, uh, team. And I just was in retail management for 15 plus years, you know, managing, being a store man, assistant manager, store manager, all walks of life for management managing, you know, JC Penny was the last uh, store I would last company I was at before that I was at Toys R Us. And so all these big box stores, you know, I mean, I started the gap, you know, those are a lot smaller stores, but they had bigger ones in some locations that I was at too, but it's not like a, you know, a department store or anything like that. So I mean, I started there and kind of worked my way up, but so that was kind of my life. But for the longest time, I always said to myself, as much as I enjoyed retail at that time, because I was single and it was like, whatever, it was easy for me. I had a good memory. I had leadership skills. I was just like, you know, rocking and rolling. And, you know, I was that personable guy, you know, hanging out with customers, you know, solving problems. People flip out. And I come over and, hey, we were all smiling. I'm sorry. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out, you know, stuff like that. I would always able, was able to calm people down. And so there's a lot of those kind of things that made it enjoyable and easy for me in retail management but as we know times have changed and you know with online businesses and e-commerce and amazon and all that made it a lot harder for the brick and mortar stores to like exist and be relevant so with you know that started like man like before i i've been in in lawn care for seven years i started part-time seven years ago so six years full-time but seven years total. And I was in, so seven years ago, I was still in retail management my last year. So, I mean, that's when seven years ago, that's when it got really bad. But years before that, maybe 10 years was when it started getting bad where it was like, okay, now we're going to open up on, on mid, midnight on Thanksgiving, you know? And then, then, then it was like 10 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Then it was like six or whatever, what, you know, it, it just got earlier now and earlier on Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. Now it's just open on Thanksgiving. So I saw the writing on the wall and in, in, in amidst all of that, all of my fun single, like whatever, I can just bang this out. You know, I met my wife, we got married, had kids, settled down, tried to have a life. And it's like retail was going this way and my life was going this way. And it just, it's just, it's kind of like a single man and woman's game. Like I'm not saying that you can't be successful in retail management if you have a family, but you have to find the right company, the right store. You have to have the right family. Like it's a lot of balancing you have to do. And it just wasn't for me. That just wasn't my thing. And I guess maybe ultimately because, because of this, because I had that entrepreneurship kind of inside me and, and, and it just was kind of dormant and all this time. And I was just kind of able to kind of, get along, get, get through the years in retail management, but towards, towards the you know middle of that. And I, with my family and everything, and I was just like, this is just not really fun anymore. It's not really working out. I don't think I can do this forever. Like, this is just crazy. Like I, my quality of life is awful. I just work all the time and never get to see my, my children as babies and walking and this and that. And it was getting really stressful for me as well as for my wife. I'm sure she tried to take it well, but I mean, you know, I can only imagine. So, but during that time, I thought about ways out, like, oh man, maybe I could start this business, start that business. Maybe I could be a personal trainer and then open up a gym because I've always loved fitness and, and all that. So, I mean, I've had several different like entrepreneur type ideas, not like it was like some brand new idea I invented, but just like me going on my own, start my own business, you know? Um, 
So that, that I so kind of had those. Ideas. When you started looking for a way out, when your life wasn't matching your the demands of your job anymore, right? The solution wasn't to look for another job. It was how can I build something that yes. will accommodate my life? Yes, yes. It wasn't because I mean. So I had gone to a couple of companies that you know. Towards the end, I went for, to like I was kind of at at every company for several years. I was at the Gap for probably like five years, and then another company for five years, you know, so it was, it wasn't like I worked for a ton, but every time I went to another company, it was because I was looking for like something better to try and like, you know, like help my life, like solve my life. Like, you know, I met my wife when I was working at the gap. So that first five years towards the end is when I met her and like, you know, we got married and had our first child and our daughter and, and things just started to spiral downhill from there. And then I started looking for other options from the gap, like thinking that that was the problem, thinking that like the company structure and environment and all the pressure they put on you and everything to make sales and all that, thinking that that was the problem. Then you know, you get that, that, that kind of like newlywed type thing, you know, you get all excited, you work for a new company or in that training program, you learn everything and all that. And then kind of like all of that goes away and then you kind of get all like stressed out all over again. So I, after doing that several times, I realized that like it wasn't the companies it was retail as a whole. Like I just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me to, to be stuck with horrible bosses, which was always the worst thing that happened to me, like stuck with a horrible boss that just treated me like garbage. And I was like the nicest person that was the hardest worker, you know, uh, and like, and I would always get stuck with these horrible leaders. And so that was another huge thing. And I'm like, man, I just want to do my own thing. I, I, I excelled when I was a store manager because then I was the boss, but of boss's boss i still had a district manager and sometimes i had bad ones sometimes i had good ones so you know you're still kind of always stuck in that situation so ultimately i just knew that i needed to kind of work for myself like do my own thing and and be my own boss in some way form or fashion so yeah to your point i just my way out was not like you know like another job or another career move you know working for another boss or something. It was, what can I do that's going to support my family and bring joy and happiness to my life? So that's where lawn care came because, uh, I was one of those, um, how, how did <laughs> yeah. you end up at lawn care? Yeah, I was, I was one of those homeowners that was like the best looking yard on the block, you know, and, and my, my you know, my, all the moms would, would ask my wife, you know, like, Although otherwise I'd ask my wife like for tips, you know, to give their husbands for their lawns and stuff. I was that guy. I just kind of was like always obsessed with grass and would, would do a lot of research and try every little, you know, trick and whatever little uh, gadget and gizmos that they sell at Lowe's and Home Depot and every other hardware store and anything and everything I could try and play around with to get grass to grow and this and that and fertilizer and weed control and soil and all that stuff like i just i just kind of went all out and was like that lawn guy that just was obsessed with it so i mean i always just enjoyed it and it brought, it brought joy to me i loved you know pushing them all in my yard and making nice stripes and before that was even like a thing right like i'm like this is like 20 years ago now and i'm just like pushing them all in my yard making them stripes diagonals and checkerboard and you know i'm like man this is sweet you know like i mean I, I, some homeowners don't even know how to stripe they just like like mowing in circles and stuff. I don't know if that's you. I don't want to be no offense, you know. But I've worked with lawn care people for years now, and I do not know how to stripe. 
<laughs> oh man. So I mean, like you know, that just tells you that I guess I already was kind of like natural, like wanted to be a lawn guy because I was just like that guy on my own yard, you know. So that that's kind of like that was where where it kind of evolved from there because I already had that foundation of enjoying it and learning it from a homeowner perspective, and I just thought like, what well, what would I like? Wouldn't that be awesome if I just like mowed lawns for a living? But I mean, that was like 20 years ago and that wasn't even a thing. Like there was landscaping companies and that was it. Like there was no guy on, with a truck and trailer, you know, that mows your lawn. It was like these big operations and it was like frowned upon back then. Like if you had someone mowing your lawn, like a company show up with like a massive truck and trailer and like eight guys come out and mow your lawn. People were like, oh my gosh, oh, you're fancy, you know, because you, you know what I mean? It was like frowned down upon, you know, like, you, so, but the neighborhood I grew up in was. Yeah. Then you fast forward to now, and it's frowned upon to not have a lawn care service. Like, oh, you don't have someone mowing your lawn? Like, what's up with that? I mean, now, right? This is in today, in 2020, you've got people cleaning your house taking care of your lawn. I mean, those are just regular monthly things that, uh, that are like common now to, to not have to worry about cleaning your house and to not have to worry about mowing your lawn or taking care of any landscaping, you know, trimming your shrubs, putting down fresh mulch, killing the weeds, fertilizing, all that stuff has all now been like, uh, um, you know, it's become like a commodity now for everyone. And, and it wasn't like that 20 years ago. So I, I kind of like, I thought about it and was like, this would be awesome. And then like, I just, I just let it die because I didn't think it was possible. I kind of dabbled with it, created like a, wasn't even clean cut lawn care. I remember what the name of my business was at that time, but I just came up with a name, made some business cards, like on a computer program I found and got like some, some card paper from Staples and put it in the printer and, and, you know, perforate them all and had these cards and then nothing ever happened because it just, it's one of those things where I just psyched myself out, you know, I'm like, I just got to stick with retail or whatever. This is not going to work. But in the background, I guess the wheels kept, you know, spinning. Right. And and that's, that's kind of like however many years later we moved from where we lived to where we live now. We lived up in New York, not New York city, like more upstate New York, like Albany area. We lived up around there and then, you know, we, we moved down to Virginia, which is where we live now. So for one, the, the, the mowing season's longer than in New York because it's warmer for a longer time. We have all four seasons versus just two in New York. It's like hot and cold and that's it. Summer, winter, bam, that's it. So we love, you know, we love New York. We're New Yorkers by, you know, by heart and all that, but we love being outside. So Virginia is a lot more conducive for being outside. We can have all four seasons and just, just hang out and have a good time. So, but also from a lawn care perspective, there's a lot more opportunity. So that started making me think a lot more again, like it kind of came back up in my brain again about lawn care. And I was really getting stressed out with, with um, retail at that point. Like I was working JC Penney at that point and you know, the company had just gone like through a whole big thing and they're transitioning into a whole new look and, and, and then, and then it tanked and they got rid of their CEO and then they went back to the old ways and it was just all this craziness. And I was caught up in all that drama and it was just really stressful. And then it was like all about coming back on the managers and we, you know, we have to make all these numbers and Amazon's killing everything. And, you know, no one's coming in the stores to buy anything anymore, all this craziness. So that, that it was that 
it was really driving, you know, driving me down. And then just remembering like, hey, maybe I can get back into lawn care. And, and it all was from one Facebook post. My, my wife was on Facebook, like a lot of housewives back in the day, right? I think they're the ones that started Facebook, right? They were on there playing Farmville and doing all this fun stuff. And I had no idea what Facebook was. I mean, I knew what it was, but like I, I could care less about that at that point. I was so consumed with retail and, and all that, just trying to like have a life. But she, so she like saw where we lived. They have a Facebook group, you know, and she was like, uh, she saw someone post like their lawnmower broke or something. They were looking for someone, suggestions for someone to mow their lawn. And my wife knew that I was always thinking about mowing lawns. So she was like, and she knew how stressed out, miserable I was. It was just perfect timing. Mm-hmm. I still had my, I, you know, we moved to Virginia. I brought my good old trusty push mower and my trimmer and hand blower you know, my homeowner edition stuff. And, and you know, I just kept it in the garage, you know, just in case we needed it. Cause we moved into, we were renting a townhouse cause we didn't want to buy a house right off the bat moving to a new state. So we were just renting a townhouse and it was already maintained by landscapers, you know, it was like a maintenance free area. So I didn't mow any lawns. I just watched them and just like live vicariously through them. And I had all my stuff in, 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 you know, storage in, in my garage, but it was there. So, so she was like, do you want me to respond? You know, that, 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 that you'll do it. And I, and that is the most critical moment in my life because if I had said no or hesitate or anything, we, you and I would not be talking right now. And that's how deep it goes. When you look back on all these butterfly effects, you know, like that, that's, I said, okay, why not? So she messaged him, you know, on Facebook. And then he was my first customer on push mowing is like 10,000 square foot yard, <laughs> like two or three hours. And I'm like trimming it, edging it like a homeowner, you know, like a, like a rookie over here. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, how to do it professionally. So, but that's what really got it going. And then like, I was like, man, maybe I could try doing this. So I was still working retail and I was mowing his lawn and then a neighbor's, daughter on the other side of town was looking for someone to, to mow their lawns. I had to drive like 25 minutes to get to this lady's house just to mow her lawn for like 30 minutes and then drive 30 minutes back. And it was awful profit margin, but it was all about getting into the routine and, you know, just doing it right. And just like really kind of like figuring it out. And I probably had about five or six yards that I did part time during that time frame while still working like 50 to 60 hours in retail management. You know, it's like, I would like put the stuff in the back of my Jeep compass and I would go to work, bring a change of clothes. And when I was, when I could finally like feel like I could leave for the day, like, you know, forget about shift times, you know, like whenever I was like, I got to go, I got to leave. I'm done. You know, whatever. I would change in my office and then I would go down and get my Jeep and I would go try and knock out some yards, but it took me a couple hours for each yard. So, I mean, I can only really do a couple before dark. So I would try on my like one or two days off if I could get two days and we weren't doing something as a family, I would try and mow those lawns then. So that, that one year of part-time really made me realize how much I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, how much I could, I need better equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and three, man, if I like could, if I did this full time, I could really make something of this, you know? So that's, I put in my notice, you know, I'm at, at JCPenney and, I never looked back ever since. I just really put my head down. It was right right after the holiday. So I had like a couple of months before like the season started to really think about how am I going to do this? You know, I made a, made a, uh, got my business license and, you know, registered all that stuff and sort of, you know, created a logo and all this stuff. Just started building my business quickly from scratch, you know, and 
And I'm like, all right, I need a commercial mower. I need a truck. I need a trailer. Trading in my Jeep for a pickup truck for uh, F-150. And, um, you know, borrowed some money from my mother-in-law for a, a small 5 by 10 open trailer and financed um, her. And she just bought and I paid her for my uh, my walk behind, my 48-inch for a walk behind that I had. And I had already bought a backpack blower, a commercial backpack blower from uh, from that my part-time I saved up, you know, I whatever money I was making was just kind of extra. So I basically was just saving it. And I bought that, started doing some leaf cleanups going into that winter. Um, so I had that going into that. I just needed to get a trimmer. So I got like a, a commercial trimmer. And then I was good to go because I quickly got about 30 yards my first season, 30, 30 long, weekly lawns. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this with a push mower. And that's when I just did all that. And I had everything paid off by the end of that season. So um, it was just, you know, boom, you know, just hit the ground running. Never haven't looked back since. So that's awesome. Yeah. What, so once you made that transition from part time to full time, and like also the transition from like homeowner equipment to commercial equipment, uh, what were your biggest hurdles in that next year as you were like trying to go truly full time? Yeah, well, the biggest thing was, or some of the biggest things were, um, you know, the first year full time, I had no really any extra money, like all the money went back into the business as well as trying to pay our bills. Also, uh, side note, my wife had a full-time job. She had just gotten a full-time job a year prior. So had she not had a full-time job, I would not have been able to do this because I did not make my yearly salary in the first year of mowing lawns with 30 lawns. Like that, that's just it's not possible. So that, that allowed me, and I've heard this story from a lot of other people too that have come from similar backgrounds where they were able to kind of ease into the transition because their spouse had a good full-time job, they had health benefits, all that stuff. So it's not like when they quit their their full-time job, it didn't just completely like put every their whole family at risk. You know, there was still some income from them as well as health insurance and all that. So it allowed them, like myself, to really work on my business and build it from the ground up and not not like do some crazy, you know, not do too many crazy things anyway, but just kind of really focus on the right things. But uh, so, so, so that I had that to help me. But at the same time, you know, I, so I wasn't able to really save any kind of money or invest any money. And then that next winter, I worked at Amazon because I had no money saved up for the winter, no work to get through the winter. So I worked at the Amazon Fulfillment Center, you know, locally here. And that was a crazy experience. And I was like, I will never do this again. I am never going to do this again. This is ridiculous. Like, because then when the season started back up, I started thinking to myself, well, man, I could just keep working at Amazon, like, you know, like nights, like night shifts. And then I could just do, you know, lawn care during the day. My wife's like, are you crazy? Like, when are you going to sleep? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't really figure that out. You know, I could get some sleep in between or whatever. Like I was just getting crazy thinking about, because I wasn't making enough money with lawn care yet. And I was making a decent amount of money with Amazon. But then I started like getting, doing some, you know, early landscaping type jobs, whether it was mulch, pruning, cleanups or whatever. And like just a couple of jobs in one or two days, I made the same amount of money. Like I put out estimates and they got approved, you know, for the same amount of money that I made working 45, 50 hours a week at Amazon. I was like, 
that's just another thing that hit me in the face. Like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, duh. Like, this is why I'm doing this because I, I will ultimately be making more money for myself than working for Amazon or at wherever, you know, nothing against that. I mean, you know, not everyone can run their own business. So there's things for everyone. Amazon needs people, obviously, and they're a good company, but it just wasn't my path. And I was starting to get detoured a little bit, right? Sidetracked of these different opportunities. But then I, re I quickly remembered that I can make more money and this is more, this is more worth it. This is more enjoyable for me to do lawn care, you know, slash landscaping um, than, than to be working anywhere else. So that kind of got me refocused. So that was a little bit of a challenge there. But the biggest challenge I think that everyone goes through is when we first start out is, is we try to do a little bit of everything and we end up being spread super thin and we're buying this for that and this for that. We're buying tools for one job and we never use it again. And, you know, it, it becomes like a hodgepodge of you become a jack of all trades, a master of none, you know, and it's just kind of like, are you even making it? Are you even profiting? You might be making money, but are you really like you're taking money in? But how much at the end of the day, after whatever expenses, do you really do you really have? And you really have to think that think that stuff through. And um, that there, there was a, a, a story that I heard someone use an example. I don't know if it was a real story or not. I, I think it was, but they, they had their lawn care guy was there to like clean up, clean their leaves, you know, for the fall. Like, hey, we're here to clean your leaves. It was just one guy. He's like, clean your leaves. All right, thanks. I'm always cleaning the leaves. He's like, oh, it looks like your gutters are full. Um, you want me to clean your gutters? Yeah, how much that be? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Yeah, go ahead and do that. While I'm here, I'll clean the gutters. Okay. So now he's got to get a ladder to get up on the roof to clean the gutters. He didn't, really, he didn't think like, oh, I, you know, I just asked if he wants me to clean the gutters, but I didn't, I didn't have a ladder. So he bought a ladder. So he put the ladder and he gets up there, cleans the gutters. While he's up there, he notices some shingles are missing on the roof. And he's like, oh, man. I could probably make some money and fix this guy's shingles. Hey, you want me to fix the shingles while I'm up on your roof? Yeah, that'd be cool. Thanks. How much do you think that'd be? Okay, here's the price. Boom, bam. Okay, great. Well, geez, now I don't. Now I need the stuff to 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 fix these shingles, and I go back to the store get the shingles. Meanwhile, down the street is one guy that is only cleaning up leaves from house to house to house. So in the same amount of time that this one guy is doing leaves gutter cleaning, fixing a roof. He bought, had to buy a, a ladder, had to buy stuff to fix the, the roof. He made money, right? Say, you know, he made probably the same amount of, got the same amount of money and revenue, but the guy that has the same equipment already cleaning up leaf job after leaf job after leaf job down the street, knocking on house after house after house, same amount of time. Who do you think is going to be going, is going to be paying for drinks at the end of the day. The guy cleaning up the leaves because he's much more profitable. His, his profit margin is so high because he's just doing leaves. He's focused on one service, one niche that he has. He already has the equipment for, which the other guy probably had the equipment to clean the leaves too, but he decided to add on all this stuff. So that's not always the best option to add on all these things, especially if you don't even have the right equipment. If it's a service you want to offer and you kind of put it out there and see how much work you can get, okay, you want to do gutter cleaning, that's fine. Let's see how much work you can get with gutter cleaning and then get that all lined up and scheduled properly. Get some equipment if you need it, like a ladder or whatever, 
and then hit it that way and, and then continue those services. But don't be like the jack of all trades, master of none. And a lot of times the customers will come out and ask you that. Can you fix this while you're here? Do you do this? Can you do that? And a lot of times we have that yes, yes, yes mentality and we have a hard time saying no because we think we're just going to like not have business anymore. If we say no, like we don't want to say no, right? We need all the money we can get, mm-hmm. but we need the right money. So at the end of the day, you want to be the guy doing leaf job after leaf job after leaf job. That's making that profit versus the guy that's doing a whole bunch of random stuff on one house, thinking that they're making their customer happy, but you know, they might not be doing the best job. You're figuring things out as you go. You're spending money on stuff you didn't have and you might not ever use again. And it's just a mess. So I kind of went through that myself. And I think a lot of people do. And I always kind of talk about this and preach the whole, you know, stick to, to certain services, you know, find a niche. This way it makes it easier for you to price correctly makes you easier to scale that it, it, it's just and it, and you most likely hopefully it's something you enjoy doing and not doing all this miscellaneous stuff so i had to quickly learn that you know not to do all these different things and focus on what they're really like i like everything grass like when i was a homeowner i love mowing lawns i love treating lawns you know i don't i don't love cleaning leaves but i mean it's 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 doable it's fine it's part of the part of the job keep the grass looking nice and it keeps the work going into the fall and the winter, you know? So those are like the key things that, you know, aerating and seeding. I mean, I don't necessarily like that either, but I like what it does for the lawn. And if you have the right equipment, it's not as bad. You know, if you, if you don't have, if you have something that's better, it's not going to drag you around the yard. I mean, there's so much better equipment nowadays. I have a stand-on aerator now. I mean, you know, you can invest in the right equipment that's not going to, break you doing this service you know aerating can be very painful and, and exhausting if you don't have the right equipment and you don't know what you're doing so invest in the right stuff and then and then it won't be as bad so i can just focus on 100 percent treating people's lawns from start to finish you know like oh i don't know i'm sorry i don't i don't treat yards you have to get this guy you know like no i do it all 100 percent but, but I'm not going to do your landscaping. I'm not going to, you know, clean your gutters. I'm not going to fix your roof. I'm not going to do your taxes, you know, like that's just not my thing, you know, but I know plenty of people over the years have accumulated some contacts, some contacts that I've networked with that I can refer those people like, yeah, this guy can, can do all the landscaping for you, or this guy can, uh, um, you know, can paint your house. Or I, I know this person can power wash your house, you know, like here's some contacts, like, so that I'm not stuck saying no, feeling bad saying no, but also not saying yes and putting myself in a crazy situation. So that that that's always something that I have a tough time dealing with. To this day, still, it's hard to say no, right? I mean, sometimes you get overwhelmed with, with certain things and work and people want to throw money at you, but you got to really make sure you stay focused. Like, is that the right money, the right services and all that? I mean, you should, you, by all means, add on services, you know, when it's the right time. But I think Jonathan has said this best, start with your niche, right? Start with one or two key services and, and, and crush those services. And then you can, add, it's easier to add those things on later than to be a jack of all trades, master of none, because now you're just all over the place. You don't know what, what your margins are. Pricing might be off, time might be off. Heaven forbid you have employees your payroll is probably off the chain because you don't even know what's going on, how you're scheduling, how long it's going to take this job or that job. It's just a mess. So 
that was something else I also try to focus on too, was to go through all these growing pains by myself before I started hiring people. So I can kind of have a good uh, roadmap, you know, already set in place, you know, and, and a foundation so that when, when I start hiring people, I know exactly what I'm, what, what I'm offering for how much and so on. So that's kind of those trials and tribulations that I went through in the early years. And it's, it's still tough sometimes to this day to, to uh, say no and navigate some of that stuff. So what are your goals for the future? I know everything is kind of weird right now. And I know a lot of people's goals were really thrown off by shutdowns and stuff, but uh, all of that, like sort of going into our rearview mirror, what are your goals for the future right now? Well, um, my goals haven't changed. Uh, fortunately, in Virginia, we weren't, or at least just, I guess maybe my clientele wasn't affected as much. I mean, I, 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 don't, I know just in general, though, a lot of people, a lot of other, com- other companies in the area and like mulch yards and nurseries, I mean, everything has been exploding. Like there's certain things that certain uh, businesses that really have taken, taken a huge boost in this kind of situation while others took a huge hit, unfortunately. So there was kind of like a, a really extreme spike in two different directions. Like anything outdoors seemed to have exploded, right? Like bike shops couldn't keep bikes in stock, you know, and you know, anything with a trail or a path was just always like, you know, loaded. There's no parking spots, you know, people were always out and about doing stuff and all that kind of stuff. And then the same thing goes for landscaping. People were home, people are home, we're home, you know, they're like, man, this is, looks like garbage. Can we get this fixed? Can we have get some fresh mulch put down? Can we get rid of these bushes or can we plant some new bushes or man, our lawn is a mess. Can we get someone to really get this back in shape and all that stuff. So I, I, my business like exploded and a lot of other people in my area's business exploded. It was kind of hard to keep up with the demand. I mean, it was kind of weird in the very beginning, like in March when this all happened, it seemed kind of scary because I had one customer say, Hey, we're going to have to, a couple customers say, we're going to need to postpone services. And um, one customer said, can you not mow our backyard? Like there's all kinds of random stuff going on, different people's perspectives of this whole thing. And I was like, Oh, this is getting weird. Is this how it's going to be now? And I was getting a little nervous and I just hired some people and I was like, Oh man, I'm watching Jonathan's videos and, black swan events and don't like freak out. And this is, if you, if you play it, if you do it right, you know, plan properly, this could be a really good moment for you and your business. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know he's told me that before. And I know that's, that's the deal. And it's, but sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's hard, you know, to keep that, that going strong. But as soon as April hit, it it was, it was game over. Like my phone emails, message, Facebook messages, everything was just blowing up nonstop. Like it always normally is but even more. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, well, all right. You know, and I just, so I just, I just, I just kept growing. So I've had five year plans. So my first five years, so, you know, we're going into my, my, my sixth full-time season um, that we're in now. So, you know, when I got to year five, the plan was to have employees, which is what I did. Um, So I was able to to hire employees and, and then the next five, the, the next five years is to build that first crew and then have a second, like make strengthen that first crew and then get to a second crew, I guess, by year 10, the next five years. So that's where I'm in the process of now is trying to keep a strong first crew, which means having a crew leader, which I still haven't found 
um, necessarily uh, full time anyway. I'm I'm basically the crew leader. So you know, ha getting through past that and then working on the second crew. So that's that's kind of my my goals. And my goal from day one, year one, was always like when I thought about like what kind of business I wanted. I always thought that I wanted to have like a two crew company. I felt like that was a good a good middle ground. You know, I, I don't want necessarily a million dollar company. I feel like I could have a nice sustainable business, you know, with two crews. They could help each other when they're in a pinch. You know, there's plenty of employees to mix and match if I need to. And I don't have to be working in the job, you know, in, in the field all day, every day. I can be working on the business and being with family and side ventures, YouTube, you know, social media, all that other good stuff that's come about, uh, all the different side ventures while, you know, my lawn care business is still doing its thing, you know, and, and the crew leaders are running their crews and they're doing their thing and I'm there more for support than anything else. And obviously customer service and still getting sales and, you know, getting more quotes and stuff like that to keep the business, keep feeding the business, keep the two crews busy. But again, not, not doing all the work constantly. That's, that's always been my goal. So, which I know is a lot of people's goal, but that's mine specific. I'm not trying to grow like Marvin wants to just keep going. He's got a certain million dollar, however many millions he said he wants to make. And some people have that, you know, and some people just want to stay solo forever. You know, everyone's got their own thing, but I never intended to stay solo forever. I never wanted to stay solo forever. While it's fun to some extent, it's just not sustainable for me. It's not what I want. I want to actually be a leader again and run and run a business, my own business and have a team. That, that's something I always enjoyed. You know, there's pros and cons, obviously. You have your headaches, but I've always, that was the part of retail management that I enjoyed was the leadership aspect. You know, having a team and leading that team, whatever it was, whether it was, you know, just for the days, things, you know, ringing people up, do whatever, all that stuff, keeping the store clean, helping people, or if we had to re-merchandise the store or whatever it was, you know, receiving a shipment of a, a truck shipment, we have to do, you know, hundreds of boxes, open them up and put everything out, like whatever the project was, I always enjoyed being that team leader, you know, um, or, or helping another team leader lead that team. You know, I was a leader of leaders too at, at certain points. So I enjoyed just leading in general. So by myself, I, I never was, never really had as much fun leading myself. And not as many uh, followers to lead when it's, it's just you. Exactly. Exactly. So, and you know, sometimes I get distracted. I'm not the fastest worker in the world, but I can definitely help lead people. So, I mean, I, I know what my strengths are and you know, all that. So I know I'm not the best trimmer, edger and mower, but I know I can lead the best trimmer, edger and mower. So that's where my strengths are. So I need you to keep finding those people, keep getting the work and keep growing from there. So those, that's kind of my goals from here and what I've been working on. Well, we'll check back in before uh, four seasons from now to see your progress yeah. toward those goals. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Um, yeah, thanks so much for, for sharing your story with uh, the One Care Millionaire subscribers on YouTube, the, the Profit Roadmap listeners on the, uh, on the podcast there. Um, yeah, for sure. Where, just to make sure that if people don't know who you are uh, and they want to find you now because they've heard your story, where, where should they be following you? Um, on everything, basically, right? Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm on Twitter and some of these other things, Snapchat and all that, but I'm not really that active on those things anymore. But the biggest thing is Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, the, the, the three big ones that I think everyone pretty much is familiar with. And everything is Lawn Care Rookie or LCR 
you know, short LCR is abbreviated for long care rookie, but either one of those two things will, will bring up all my stuff. So. Yeah. We will have links in the uh, show notes and the description to where you can find Naylor. Thanks so much for, for tuning in guys. Uh, we will see you next time.